Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. All right, we're pretty smart as football fans. We know penalty enforcement. We know it's either 15 yards, 10 yards, or 5 yards. But what if I tell you at one time there was a 2-yard penalty? Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology digs up on his history of the 2-yard penalty. And he's got the story coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. Darren Hayes, pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And it is Tuesday, and we are going to go into an archaeological dig back in the great uh, history of the gridiron. And our friend Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology is leading the way, and we're going to talk about one of his recent tidbits uh, on a penalty enforcement, uh, sort of an odd yardage. Uh, Tim, welcome to the Pigpen. Hey, good evening, Darren. Good to see you. As always, and to hear your dulcet voice. Dulcet? Boy, that's uh, one of the higher compliments. Usually people say something else about my voice, you know, <laughs> especially family members. I, I don't know what's going on with that. So, so I'll take that. Well, as I a only comment. have to listen to you a couple times. That, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, you had a really fascinating tidbit uh, back a couple months ago, and it's on a, a very odd penalty yardage. And under some certain uh, special circumstances in football history that uh, I think maybe we'd like to hear hear about the story. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, everybody knows that 1906 is a big year in terms of changing football rules, introduce a forward pass, forward progress, you know, really is kind of fully, uh, well, not fully developed, but pretty well developed that year. Um, you know, the onside kick from scrimmage. You know, I mean, there were there were just a, ho- a host of different rule changes, but one that people don't pay much attention to was the rule that limited captains to calling three timeouts per half. Now, until then, captains could call as many timeouts as they wanted. There was no rule, uh, but by kind of tradition and practice, and you know, people did the right thing. They they didn't call many timeouts. I mean, they basically called timeout for injury. And then occasionally if they needed, um, if they needed, you know, just they needed a, a rest, you know, and this is, again, back when coaches couldn't coach the players during the game, their teammates couldn't yell instructions to them, nothing. It was, you know, you're out there on your own as a quarterback. So, um, so when they introduced that rule in 1906, if a team had called three timeouts or had had those timeouts called for them by the referee, uh, if they called a fourth timeout, they incurred a two-yard penalty. 
So, you know, this is one where, I mean, as far as I know, this is the only two-yard penalty in football history. Um, and there was a caveat that you could, if you had called three and you had an, a player injury, there could be another timeout without penalty. So there could be a fourth due to injury. So, you know, it wasn't called very often, but it was called in 1906 in a game uh, in Indiana was beating Notre Dame, you know, 12, nothing late in the game. And Notre Dame called a, a fourth timeout due to injury, but the referee penalized it. Now, you know, it's unknown at this time, you know, based on newspaper reports, was it because uh, that the ref just made an error, just didn't understand the rule or because he thought the player was feigning an injury. Right. So one way or another, he calls it. And uh, then it kind of, you know, I mean, at least in terms of newspaper reports, there's not, there's virtually no mention of these two yard penalties for another uh, 15 years or so. But then in the early 20s, teams started huddling uh, between plays. And there were a lot of referees and who didn't like teams huddling. They wanted them to keep, you know, immediately lining up on the line calling the plays at the line and, and, you know, executing. So some of the, some of the referees started calling um, penalizing teams for huddling. Um, and again, this is one of these things, it's a little bit unclear exactly how they justified it, but um, it is likely that what they were doing was, you know, a team could huddle three times if they wanted to, but if they huddled a fourth time, in effect, the, the the referee was interpreting that as you're taking a timeout, whether you call it or not. I'm I'm basically treating this as a timeout when you huddle, and so the fourth time they huddle, boom, they get they get a penalty. Um, and so, um, you know, so that kind of sucked. And like you know, Penn got penalized six times against Alabama in 1922. So in one game they got you know six two yard penalties. So then you sit back and go, how big a deal is a two-yard penalty? You know, it's just not its not that big a deal. And so um, what teams started doing then is to just say, oh, if I need a break, I'm calling an extra penalty. I don't care. You know, what am I going to do? Lose yeah. two yards? Yeah, hell, hell yeah. I mean, if you're, especially <laughs> if you're down, you're, what, do you got to go two yards or 22 yards? What's the difference? You know? Yeah. You know, so – uh, so then obviously the the refs and the you know the rule makers didn't like that. So in 1924, they gave teams four timeouts per half, but then the fifth one would be a five yard loss. And you know, same with you know six, seven, eight. So you know, that's that was the end of the two yard uh penalty. But other than in like 1930, 31 in that period, uh at that point. If there was a penalty on an extra point, if it was committed by the offense, the offense lost the ball and, you know, you went to the kickoff process. They didn't get a chance to score. If the defense committed a penalty, then the offense was credited with having made the extra point. And so they changed that in like 31. And um, so they and then they just changed it so that the um, whatever penalties were incurred uh, the refs walked off what, whatever the typical, you know, whatever uh, penalty yards they would have done in, in a, during, you know, regular play. So half, half the way to the goal, goal line or 
you had a 15-yard penalty, you got moved back to the 17, you know, whatever it was at the time. So, yeah, so the the two-yard penalty led a fairly short life, but, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I always wonder that because usually there, the penalty is um, – it it fits the bill for the whatever the foul was, uh, you know, and and they try to balance that out and they've tweaked you know things around a little bit and if you know maybe they over penalized certain things over the years but a two yard penalty like we said earlier there's really no there's no penalty to it you know it's what's yeah. a big deal. Uh, the, the other thing I found interesting I, when I started officiating in the, the late eighties. Uh, that's when teams were just now starting to go to no huddle. You know, Jim Kelly and the Bills were having some success at the pro level, and it was going right down to levels. And there were some older officials, uh, especially umpires, who like to have time to set that ball, get, you know, set, you know, seven yards off the ball behind the linebackers so they're in a safe place. Well, they have these teams going up the line. They're having to, you know, drop that ball down and you know, beat feet and get out of there before they yeah. get you get smoked, you know, and if the referee wasn't, was blowing the ready for play too early, that, that ball's getting snapped and things. So I can remember people, st- uh, you know, officials standing up at meetings, uh, you know, when you have a, you have big uh, rules meetings with the local coaches and all the local officials, when all the new rules, you have the same interpretation. So we're all on the same page. At least that's what we did in, in Pennsylvania at the time. And, you know, there was, there was referees saying, Hey, you know, there should be a penalty for this. You know, what do you mean? No, you aren't huddling. So it's, it's funny how, you know, what is it? You know, 50, 60 years later, you know, we're, we're looking the exact opposite way. We're expecting teams to huddle. And when they don't, uh, we get mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I've, I've got a, I haven't written it yet, but I'm going to do a tidbit on, um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, it's a 1903, uh, two or three minute film of Yale and Princeton playing. And so it's it's the first instance in which a football team is captured playing football. And so it it that little film document, and you can find anybody can find it on YouTube if you just put in like 1903 uh Princeton Yale football movie or something like that, you'll find it right away. And like the first part of it just shows guys running around and coming out of the locker rooms or whatever. But once you get into the play, the actual play, you know, they execute a play and immediately get on the ball. And then running, you know, the quarterback call signals, boom, run another play. And so, you know, that's just evidence of how they did that at the time. And that's because that's what they did in rugby. You know, yeah. you somebody, you know, got tackled or whatever, they set the ball down and boom, you just get going again. You know, you line up and play. And so it, there was no rule about that. You know, there, the the rule about, you know, 25 seconds or 30 seconds, that didn't come into into play until like 1926 or so because of huddling, right? I mean, they wanted to make sure that the pace of play remained s- somewhat normal. But until then, it was all just tradition. You know, you that's how you played football. You got up and, you, you know, you played. You know, it's kind of like pitch count or, you know, the the pitch clock kind of a thing, you know. It's gotten so crazy that now they need to, you know, they need to have a timer to stop players from, you know, rubbing their nuts for for two minutes up there at the plate. You know? All right. So, anyway, yeah, it's if you think about it, th- those are two, really two kind of interesting. It's an interesting parallel that 
the pitch clock versus the, you know, the, the, the ready for play and, you know, 25 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is, you know, depending on the league. You're, you're right. There's another early film. It's got to be that same. I think it's 1903. Also, there's a Michigan film out there too. Yeah, the, Michigan, you know, Chicago, the, and the, the, Right, right. It, same thing. But of course, that's the the point a minute teams of uh, you know of uh, um, fielding Yost going on there too. So, but I can remember there's one play in there where a guy get, gets hurt. And he's at the bottom of the pile, and they're in such a hurry to keep the game going, they just drag him by his legs off the sideline, and he, that yeah. play's going off a, a second later. It's, and that happened all the time, you know, just because, <laughs> you know, because there was no substitution at that point. You know, guys would be laying there on the side of the, you know, in the backfield, um, just, you know, they could hmm. they'd lay there for a minute or two, and played continue. <laughs> you know, just just nuts. Yeah, I keep meaning I gotta load up some of those uh, those YouTubes of that that we'll put them on the site here in the next couple of weeks because they're interesting to see. And uh, so, listeners, you can you can check them out there or you know go to I know Library of Congress has them, YouTube has yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. they're public domain, so they're uh, real easy to get to. So, well, Tim, that's a that's a fascinating story on this two yard penalty and the history of it, and uh, you know its evolution. And thank God it's uh, riddance out of the game of football. <laughs> and uh, you know you have a lot of different. Uh, little stories like this that they're sort of off the beaten path, but really uh, you know, vital parts of football history that were important in the era that they, they happened. And uh, we sure are glad that you're going back and looking at these and, and researching them and uh, giving all the facts each and every night on, on something. So uh, if you could, maybe you could share with the listeners how they could, uh, sh- you know, share on these tidbits that you uh, put out each night also. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, my site is footballarchaeology.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at footballarchaeology. So, you know, on Twitter, it's going to be kind of hit or miss whether you see what I post or not. Um, whereas in, um, if, you know, if you subscribe on the website, you'll get an email every night with the uh, with that night's post. And then obviously you can always just go to the site and there is a search function there. If there's a specific topic in football history that you're interested in, just go in there and put in the keywords. See if uh, see if you find anything. If you don't, shoot me in a message, and I'll you know maybe it's out there and you just didn't find it or didn't get you know didn't enter the right words. But happy to always looking for topics. Always looking for new things to. Uh, or old things you know, to research. Yeah, right. The, the new old things. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Timothy P. Brown, footballarchaeology.com. Make sure you check out his site and his tidbits each and every day and listen to him each and every Tuesday right here on pigskindispatch.com. Tim, thanks a lot. And we will talk to you again next week. Great. Thank you again, Darren. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast.
This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.